Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Recognizing the essence of who you are in everyone. Eckhart begins this episode discussing the purpose of suffering. He says suffering is the great awakener that cracks the shell of the ego. He believes through the crack, something beautiful and profound emerges. Eckhart describes it as our true essence. He says as we become familiar with this deeper dimension, we discover the very same beingness exists in others. He says recognizing the essence of who we are in everyone is just one of the joys of spiritual awakening. So as awareness arises, or presence, then it begins to shine through the person. The person no longer, does no longer have this, the density that completely obscures the awareness, the consciousness, the unconditioned consciousness underneath. And it's often the case that the density is is destroyed by a suffering and that is the that is the reason why suffering has a purpose in this world suffering is here including even those forms of suffering that are entirely generated by the mind that too is there to ultimately awaken you so all of you have you have been through different forms of suffering, some very deep, some just a succession of many, many minor frustrations and things going wrong. So you somehow you lost confidence in, uh, you lost belief that, that this world would ultimately be able to satisfy you or make you happy. Say, that's not it. And perhaps you became frustrated with yourself. That's possible too. You, so the suffering is a potential awakener. It has a purpose and it is there to destroy you ultimately, or at least to crack, to create a crack in the egoic shell. And then something emerges through the crack some people in this lifetime continue to have an ego, but it's no longer totally an impenetrable shell. It had, through suffering, it has received cracks here and there. There's a, is it Leonard Cohen? I think he has a song or poem. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in, or gets out, I would say. <laughs> So suffering destroys the false self, the identification, complete identification with your form identity. And then there comes a point 
you begin to awaken, then suffering is no longer as necessary as before because you're voluntarily relinquishing your identification with your form, the form of you. And that is a point you've all reached and that's why you're here. Suffering may have been necessary to bring you here and you may still carry suffering within you and it is possible that this will help you to transform the suffering that you carry within yourself into a realization of what the Buddhists sometimes call the deathless dimension or the deathless. Buddhists don't like to use positive terms. <laughs> Christianity says eternal life, but the most the Buddhist would say is the deathless. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven that is within you and the Buddha talks about emptiness. <laughs> Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could? Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So the Christian terminology is usually positive, not in the conventional sense. It gives you something inspiring to see. Ah, oh, kingdom of heaven, where <laughs> and when you begin to believe in something. And that's the danger, that the pointer becomes a mental concept that you believe in so it becomes an idol. But you can't do that with Buddhist terms, so it's difficult, I mean, they've done it, but especially with the Buddha himself. Uh, emptiness, do you believe in emptiness? <laughs> the church of emptiness. But all it is saying is exactly the same what Jesus said. Heaven means the sky, and the sky is vast spaciousness. The closest you can get to in this sense-perceived reality to consciousness, awareness, which is formless. So he looked at the sky and he said this vast spaciousness, 
the sky actually doesn't even exist. It's just like awareness, consciousness doesn't exist because it's the very foundation for existence, but it doesn't, there is no sky, it just seems to be because nobody's ever arrived there and says, I'm now in the sky. <laughs> you can be in a cloud, but you can't be in the sky. You never you can't touch it. It's it's not that, it's not something, and so it's a very clever way of using something in sense perceived realm to point to something that's beyond that. The kingdom of heaven is, in my in translation of the term into modern terminology, the dimension, which is the kingdom, dimension of spaciousness, emptiness, spaciousness. Oh. They're talking about the same thing. The dimension of spaciousness, it is within you. Where is it, they asked Jesus. When does the kingdom of heaven come? And this is one of the few lines that I can actually quote because I don't have a good memory for quoting, especially scripture. But he said, the kingdom of heaven does not, with, does not come with signs to be perceived. You can never say, it's there or it's over there. What does that mean? It means consciousness itself can never become an object. You cannot make an ob object out of consciousness and say, oh, there it is. <laughs> because it's the eternal subject. If a scientist is looking for consciousness, they can look for a thousand years and build the most incredible microscopes and they can cut up, people cut up people's brains, and look for where is that, where is that being? They can even you can look for even on the level of thought. I mean, we don't know anything about consciousness and not even about thinking. What is a thought? In what form does it live in you? How does it survive in you? Think of something when you were a child. Did you have a did you have a dog? Yeah, suddenly the image of the dog comes there. What, was, what did it feel like? Your, what was your bathroom like when you were seven years old? What was it? And you immediately can access a memory of that. Your first teacher at school, or at uh, nursery, do you remember? In your mind immediately goes, millions of things live in you, it seems, but in what form? Are there certain mo molecules that are your first, your primary school teacher lived in certain atoms or molecules in the brain? We don't know even what a thought is. It's all invisible round. It's invisible. So then if the scientist is looking for consciousness through the microscope, uh, attempting to find, to make it into an object and say, ah, I found it can never find it because the very thing that's looking is it. <laughs> so if you're, if you're looking for yourself, uh, then uh, where am I? <laughs> it's, a, it's a spotlight trying to find itself. <laughs> and really that ultimately means looking for God, too, as the, the source of all life, to, to, looking, to look for the source without there, outside. Where is it? But what is consciousness? 
other than the emanation from source. Something emanates from the transcendent realm, just as sunlight emanates from the sun. This is an analogy, but the, but the, the source of all life that is totally incomprehensible, we can't say anything about it. Well, I am saying something, but it's not easy. You, you can't say anything about it because it's transcendent, but something emanates from there into this dimension, and what it emanates is consciousness. And consciousness is then manifests as forms of life, billions of life forms. Then they, this is, and gradually, consciousness emanates more, and some, there's an evolutionary process in this dimension, not where the source resides, that is beyond time, there's no evolution there, presumably, but I haven't, let's not go there. <laughs> the important thing is, you can sense something within yourself, and you, you become aware of yourself as awareness, what you are sensing is the emanation, the source emanation, which, and that is what Jesus said, you are the light of the world. In another gospel he says, I am the light of the world. So both are true. So you are the light of the world. Wow. This is, he doesn't do that to give you conceptual reality that says, you are very important, you are VIP. <laughs> he, he talks to everybody, but most people don't know that they are the light of the world because they cannot, they only, the light shines through them, but it, it becomes immediately uh, identified with forms. They don't recognize the light, or the light doesn't recognize itself yet. So you are the, the light, the light of consciousness in you is the light of the world. Without your consciousness, would there be anything here? Would this room exist? We don't know. Not as a room. Perhaps some atoms and molecules would still be floating around, but there wouldn't be a room or a table or a flower. And so, this is an enormous realization of who you are and what you are. Every, the essence of every other human and even the essence of every life form is there in that recognition of who or what you are. Any human that has ever lived that essence is immortal and ultimately timeless. It continuously, this one consciousness continuously manifests through different forms. One could even say, to use a modern term, the one consciousness of which you are a temporary expression, the essence of who you are is exactly one with the essence of who I am. And this one consciousness that 
continuously manifest through countless forms that have a short existence. They just, there's a brief flowering of form. If you could see a speeded up version of what's happening on the planet, let's say humans on the planet, you could see that they, they live, they run around for a few years, and then they die. So you, if you saw a speeded up version, you would say humans being born and, and other things being born, gone. <laughs> being born. And now we believe this, these are all autonomous entities, totally autonomous entities. And if they are totally autonomous entities, then it's a, it's very tragic. Every death is uh, the most terrible thing. It, 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 you, but if you are not, let's, I'm just, I'm not saying anything that you should believe in. I'm suggesting a different way of looking at the world and at humans. If every human is an expression of the one consciousness, then that never dies. It gets recycled, to use a contemporary term. The one consciousness gets continuously recycled, and it expresses itself in countless, through countless forms, and some, there is an evolutionary process here at work. And every human that awakens, and even humans who do not awaken, their life experience is brought back somehow. I had this image of bees bringing back the nectar, the uh, flower from the, they gather from the flowers and they bring it back to the hive. And every, every human that passes out of existence brings a little bit of that life experience into the one, the one consciousness. And then it expresses itself again. It needs to express itself again especially if it hasn't found its true identity yet, then it is forced to reenact a similar drama. So if, if there's one, the essence of all life is one, and there's only one consciousness that manifests through countless life forms, then when I can sense who I am, the essence of who I am, and then I can look at you, or even think of you, and I can sense your essence as mine. It's the same. And this recognition of the other as ultimately yourself is a wonderful thing that comes with spiritual awakening. So that you do not mistake the form, the person, the personality that's there in front of you, you do not think that that's all there is to this, because then you're only looking at the human, but you're unaware of the being. And if you only look at humans, then almost every human is not that, not that pleasant, <laughs> not to say obnoxious. And, and if you have expectations of, on the purely human level, one could also say that every human will let you down in one way or another. Every human has severe limitations. 
including this human on the human level. Of course, you have limitations. And so if you only look at the human, you live in a very impoverished reality and a reality that is bound to manifest continuously conflict that is ultimately not necessary, but it arises because you do not recognize your oneness with the others, the so-called other. Not only do you not recognize your oneness with the other, when you are here as an egoic entity, you have an unconscious need to emphasize the otherness of others. You want them to be other, because the more other they are, the more you are strengthened in your fictitious sense of conceptual identity. And this works even more powerfully on a collective level. It works on a personal level too. People love to have their enemies. They love to argue. And because when you, when you can be right or you're struggling to be right in an argument, you feel your identities is um, becoming inflated, especially as you want to be right. This is how it is. <laughs> and you feel, or if you get angry, you, anger can be a wonderful ego inflation. And so you are, you can be so angry that everybody is wrong and you are the only one who is right. <laughs> and it feels, it's addictive. It, to the ego, it feels, whoa. It's like the, there used to be this movie, uh, t TV series, The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> uh, a human who would, when, he, when this human got angry, he would, he would become, become huge with gigantic muscles and he would all the then, and you, people loved watching that <laughs> and identify with that. <clears throat> ego inflation, that's, uh, so the ego loves its enemies. It actually seeks out. It needs the other. It defines its identity through the other who is not, who is different from, on a personal level. Uh, on a collective level, it's very dangerous. It's even more insane than on a personal level. The need for enemies. You find it, enemies, you, they need to make other groups into enemies, other political parties, to, yeah, the other, oh, he's such and such. I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Uh, so you could easily condemn 50% of the population into the other of your own country. You can do that. The, oh, dreadful, 
dreadful. And the others say, oh, it's dreadful, dreadful. And this, this happens on the internet more easily because you communicate with many humans with, that you don't, don't actually see in the flesh. They just appear as conceptual things that's a few words on the screen and then people get very angry and uh, it's good, wonderful ego food to uh, communicate on the internet and people are addicted to uh, outrage, Twitter outrage. <laughs> the, the dysfunction of the human mind manifests in different time periods in different ways. So here we have, for example, Twitter. One thoughtless tweet can destroy your entire life. <laughs> because a million people are outraged by what you said. Oh, oh dear, what have you said? So the need for enemies and other nations, you need to, we must have an enemy. Who are we if we don't have an enemy? Or it could be a racial thing too, all this race against that race. It could be genders, it could be men against women, women against men. But the need for enemies to, in order to experience one's own identity as stronger, that's there, that's part of the egoic dysfunction. And in politics you see it all the time. We don't need to go into that. <laughs> don't want to depress you. You're depressed already, probably, if you've been watching the news. Or anxious. What's going to happen? What's his next tweet going to be? <laughs> so the need to emphasize the otherness of others is there very, very strong because the, it, the ego needs it. Imagine, let's say, if you are, let's say your identity is based on uh, political affiliation. Uh, you belong to a political party or you to totally agree with one party and you feel you're a significant part of your identity is derived from belonging to this particular group but it only gives you identity because there are other groups that don't share what this group believes in. So there you have other, and this is, sustains your identity. Now let's imagine that you, you're entering a twilight zone, as in the old movies, twilight zone, and one morning you wake up and you find that every human being on this planet belongs to your party <laughs> and believes exactly the same thing that you believe, exactly the same. Nobody disagrees with anything. <laughs> Your entire identity would collapse. <laughs> You're nobody suddenly. <laughs> you don't know who you are anymore. In fact, you're nobody because the other has disappeared. <laughs> So instead of emphasizing the otherness of others with the e part of the egoic insanity, the dysfunction of the ego that has created so much 
suffering on the planet, when you can recognize, because you have, at least to some extent, you have some access within yourself to the transcendent dimension and the, the essence of who you are, which is conscious awareness, and then you meet another human, and even if the other human belongs to the other party, you can look at them and you can still disagree with what they say, but you can sense the essence of who they are beyond the conceptual uh, content of their minds. You can look beyond and you, yes, you see the conceptual content of your mind. You still don't agree with them, that's perfectly fine. And yet you sense there is something that you share and that is consciousness, the essence of who you are. And then it would be possible to actually even have a conversation if the other has also some access to it. If not, maybe not. <laughs> then it's possible to have perhaps just to have a conversation. And if you have a conversation, then you, the, the need to be right is no longer there because you no longer identify with totally with thought, with mental positions. Mental positions, which as conceptual thoughts, no longer give you a sense of identity because now your sense of identity is derived from a deeper place. Then you can freely discuss something and the, the need to prove the other wrong is not there. And yet you can state your case. You can state this is how it is. You can state the facts. Well, at least the facts as you see them. The other person may state the same facts but see them differently. Who knows? But at least you can have a conversation and uh, perhaps you can meet somewhere in the middle. It's possible. But the important thing is this emphasizing the otherness of others, which is an egoic need, is no longer there. And so there are still many things you may not share with the other, and that's perfectly fine. And yet you can sense something within the other that is one with who you are. And that is a, with that comes a, a certain uh, benevolence towards other human beings, which otherwise isn't there. Be benevolence means goodwill. Uh, it may also, there's an empathy, there's a compassion, l even loving kindness towards others, even those who hold different mental positions. Uh, there's an underlying loving kindness towards others. Love, one could even say, if it hadn't been misused so much, but the love ultimately means the recognition uh, of yourself in the other. So ultimately then, <laughs> you only ever really love yourself <laughs> in a positive sense. It's a good thing. You never, you really love because you recognize your, the essence of who you are in everyone. So you love yourself. And that is a deeper meaning of loving yourself beyond the form identity. And for that, you don't even need to put little stickers on your bathroom mirrors that say, I love myself. <laughs> At least I'm trying to. Because that's still, on that level, you're still there's a duality. You split yourself in two, and you say, 
I love myself. I'm really happy with myself. And this is not a bad thing. It's an intermediate step, perhaps, for so many people who before hated themselves. <laughs> not very pleasant. And then you can have a, you begin to love yourself, but you still have a, there's a split there. Who are you and who or what is it that you love? Is it the image that you have of yourself in your mind? Is that what you love? And what you can talk about, I'm really good. And this is not a bad thing, but you're still experiencing the duality, the split. But who is the I that loves this thing that you call yourself? <laughs> so the split remains. Those, uh, this can be transcended because then you, you are yourself. You no longer need to, the split occurred, as I've mentioned before, you might remember if you listen, the split occurred when expressed in mythological terms when this young man called Narcissus in ancient Greece happened to look into a pool of water and saw his own image before there were any mirrors or selfies. <laughs> he saw his own image in a pool of water and this is a mythical tale and he fell in love with himself. Oh, I love myself. Oh, he's, this shows the mystical, there's a deep truth there. It shows the, the development of the self in the human psyche. The development of an, an, an image that humans construct for themselves, which and this became possible because humans had started to think a wonderful evolutionary development, but there was a downside. The downside was that they began to derive their identity from the process of thinking, and then they constructed mental entities and called it myself. And, and so the self is a post-conceptual and even an image of who you are. I am beautiful, I love myself. And this man was no longer happy after that. He lost his happiness, and other bad things happened to him, which I don't remember. <laughs> and so that shows the, the split that occurred when you, the, the ability to think in humans grew and grew, and then identity became bound up with thinking. Now we are able to, we have reached a stage where you, we are able to transcend that so that our identity is no longer trapped in thinking, it's no longer derived from thinking. But of course we can still think, in fact, think much better without the dysfunction of seeking yourself in thought. If you seek yourself in the movement of thought, that is a dysfunction, it leads to enormous amount of suffering and conflict with others. So, that show, you can see how um, a dog exists prior to conceptual thinking and a dog does not have a self-image. I often point that out and because it's, it's a miraculous thing. Your dog does not have a problem with self-esteem, for example. <laughs> no dog I've ever seen has a problem with self-esteem. And no dog hates himself or herself or itself 
and no dog loves him or herself uh, because the dog doesn't have a conceptual self. It has no self. The dog is itself. It is just. <laughs> it doesn't have a problem with himself, itself, herself. It doesn't have, it's not a problem. And this is how by humans love their dogs and other animals, cats too. <laughs> the, no, no problem with body image either. And body image is a source of huge suffering for many humans. Body image, oh my God, they hold their magazines who live only for the purpose of addressing people's body image. You read them every week or every month because it's so problematic. So, but not to the dog. The dog just is, the dog has even a fat dog, which you, I mean, the dog is fat because the humans give him too much food. <laughs> but he still doesn't have a problem with it. <laughs> There's no conceptual identity. It hasn't arrived at a conceptual identity. Maybe it never will. It, because the conceptual thought processes haven't started. And so, but we have, and we can't go back. We're not regressing to the state of the dog or the cabbage. We, we don't, we're not, the cabbage is even happier than the dog, probably. <laughs> but we are not regressing, no. We are transcending. We are rising above conceptual thinking, not falling below, unless you drink too much. Or intoxicating beverages will, can, can easily pull you below thought. And then for a little while before you collapse, you're as happy as the dog wagging its tail. <laughs> so while we're here, make it your practice in between sessions to invite presence into your life so that you don't ca carry an, this burden of your problematic identity around with you wherever you go. Become present, sense perceptions, alert to sense perceptions, so that there's a diminishment in the amount of thinking that you do, without falling below thinking, but rising above thinking. Alert presence, sense perceptions, breathing, walking, doing things, handling something, putting something away. Be there, present in every movement, enjoy whatever it is that you are handling, give it attention. All the little things that one would or you might normally overlook and the little things, a table, 
the surface, the touching it, looking at it, its presence to it, it is, it is, it's there. Acknowledging all the little things that surround you and the little things that you do. Life consists of mostly little things that you do. Even if you are VIP, ultimately the moments when you step into your private, that's a brief, but after a while that becomes a little thing too, it becomes meaningless. It's only meaningful at first. So little steps, be with one step at a time, acknowledging beauty around you, even where you hadn't seen it before. And so you become still, you become present. Funny thing happened just before our session. I have this clock here, has traveled with me for many years. And just before this session, the second hand broke off and it stopped. <laughs> and it still stopped. That's a, as the Buddhists would, the Buddhists like the word auspicious. It's a very auspicious sign the end of time. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.